Greetings and welcome to Mid-South Moments, or should that be UWF Moments? Because the era of Mid-South is over. I'm with regular co-host Dan Phillips. How are you doing today, Dan? Very good, thank you. Good stuff. Do not, like we're a- not, let's not change the name. No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to change the name for for now. Anyway, um, yeah, it feels like quite a while since we've last um, we've last podcasted, but I do feel like yeah. I've spent the last. I've spent. I feel like I've spent so much time podcasting over the last week or so, and I've got one more to do, which you'll which you'll be able to hear in two weeks' time, which is the Crockett Cup, and then I'm taking a little bit of a break. So a few we're recording this quite. No, actually, we're not recording this too far in advance. A week in advance, but I'm taking a little bit of a break after that. So yeah, a well earned break. I would say. What do you think? Yeah, good man. He does. It fully deserved. I do. do. What are you going to do? What are you going to do with your free all that free time, mate? What are you going to do? Um. Probably watch some wrestling without having to take some notes about it, which would be quite nice. Notes. <laughs> yeah, the notes. The Crockett Cup was four hours and seven minutes, um, which I just just watched this week, which I'm doing with Terry and, and also hopefully Phil um, this coming Sunday. So that, that'll be a good show, but it was four hours and seven minutes of no commentary. So, um, yes. No and also, commentary, wow. No, no commentary. And for the first hour, I'll give, give a bit of the game away here. The first hour, they didn't have a hard camera. So it was all ringside. Oh. Like on the floor footage, which was a bit great. But anyway, I'll leave my negatives in hate speech on that for the review. This is quite a momentous week, really, because Mid-South is no more. And the show opened with a recap of the angle with Duggan and Sawyer last week. And then there it was, the new logo for the Universal Wrestling Federation. And we cut into the newer version of the credits with shots of the Superdome and the large arena, the larger arena shows they do. So what's your, what's your thoughts on this name? Universal Wrestling Federation. So when we've been talking about it being UWF, I've actually it dawned on me that I actually never really sort of thought about what the U was meant. Mm. Um, we've constantly over the last what probably what the last two years really, I've heard you talking about oh, you know it's going to be called that eventually UWF, and it Universal it <laughs> it makes it because obviously it, the the idea behind this whole thing is to go to go global isn't it or go go national let's say um, yes so and it, it's always very apparent and very clear so universal yeah i sort of get it um i get that i mean it, it goes doesn't it uwf it goes i mean the logo is very is very 80s isn't it oh absolutely um, very like retro video game style like actually it, it reminded me of um this week a friend of mine asked me if i'd down if i'd got this app some wrestling general manager app. Oh, right. Okay. And, and I downloaded it. And I mean, it's very technical, the detail in it, where in essence, you make a wrestling show and stuff like this. But you have to pick your brand. And like the UWF would be like the UWF with the logo and the name would be like the ideal of like, you know, in it's like the British Wrestling Federation. And then there's like, it, it would it would fit very well in this sort of, video game type um company um you know that that that's trying to avoid calling itself the world wrestling federation well, or that, 
that's it, isn't it? It's very, it's very close to. Um, do you know what? I actually, um, it's funny you mentioned that because after um, Ben talked about um, TEW on the show a couple of weeks ago, I did have a look at yeah. these these um, these wrestling booking games and TEW because I've got a Mac was just. I read about the first two lines of the instructions and gave up. But I did. I did play a bit of Journey of Wrestling, um, which is basically kind of similar to that, and, and seems to have a lot of people that that play it, which is a desktop game. But I found it a tiny bit dull. I probably played it for an hour, but it's like I booked. I was booking AEW, and I sort of made CM Punk champion straight away. Um, I think I made the Young Bucks Tatum yeah. champions, and it was literally like next week you've got Rampage, and you can book an angle between these two people. But and then it gives you points around how yeah. it's just like there's nothing. Darby Allen asked me if I wanted to be in a main event. I don't know if I need to play it for a bit longer. But I, wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't massively feeling yeah. it to be honest. It's not. It's not. I, I've played. A few, I've played AEW's one. Yeah. So AEW have got a general manager game. Um, I just think you start off and it's quite entertaining. And after all, you're just like, all right, so I've just got to book it again, have I? I don't know. Yeah. I, you don't really... I mean, it sounds weird because I'll, I'll sit and play football manager for hours on end. But I feel with football manager, you're playing different teams and different. there's different things being thrown at you. Whereas this, you're just booking a show again. Well, it and feels again, a bit like because yeah. I'm not actually, and you're not watching the matches. You're not no. actually invest. There's no entertainment. Like, I'm not invested. It just tells you who wins. Like I don't know. Like oh, you will. In fact, you say who wins, don't you? So, well, like, yeah, well, you say wins. It felt to me a bit like playing football manager without the results. So like, yeah, you get yeah, to do everything. Yeah, yeah. You have to have a tinker around. But I, I, I will probably go back to it and try and play it for like another another hour and a half to see if the kind of enjoyment. Because anything that kind of piqued my interest was Darby Allen turned up, and it's just like obviously text. It's like, oh, I'd really like to be in a main event, please. And I found that quite amusing. <laughs> I was like, all right, you can be what in a main event. You're, you're what was this to, one called? <laughs> you're losing to John Moxley. So it was called Journey of Wrestling. Um, and there's quite you can play mid south and eighty five and stuff, but you have to pay. I think it's basically eleven pounds to get the the paid version, um, which I did, and then you can right. you can choose to get um, any rosters. But I haven't got to a point because I've, I've literally done one pay per view, one dynamite, one rampage. So I've not got to a point yet where I could I could like take over the contracts of any wrestlers or anything like that. So I think that would probably be more exciting. Right. And I think maybe I should have chosen a retro one. So I think if you pick like mid south eighty five or something. Um, I mean, that might have been a bit more fun, yeah. but I will, I will go back to it now. I've bought it, but I just didn't, in my kind of COVID isolation days, I was thinking, oh, I'll probably end up playing this for about 10 hours. Ah, uh, see you, mate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. After about an hour or so, I was just like, I'm kind of done with this. So, um, yeah, but I will, I will go back. Yeah. But going back to this name, so this wasn't the first time that the UWF name had been used in wrestling. Um, and it was actually used in Japan from 1984 to 1986. And this is a promotion that was formed by wrestlers who had, ne- who had left New Japan pro wrestling around that time. And it was a pioneer in the shoot style of pro wrestling. Um, basically, this was kind of the, the dawning of the modern era of J- Japanese wrestling in that they went to clean, clean, finishes and more realistic moves so that all japan and new japan took a while to catch up with that Um, but bill watts actually talks about this in his book and he said basically in 1986 he decided to make a go of it on his own and he knew he had to try and expand nationally or the company would die Um, and it was important to not seem too southern as we began this push this is reading directly from the book Um, the first thing we did was to move our tv tapings out of the boys club in shreveport and into arenas to give them a bigger feel and one of the worst parts of the change was the next thing he had to do and that was let boyd pierce go and bill said he hated losing boyd but in the big national push the syndicators wanted them to get away from the regional twang that boyd had had 
So he goes on to say basically that Jim Ross was not only an excellent announcer, but had become um, Bill's right-hand man. So Jim was basically, uh, basically replaced Boyd and that hurt Boyd's feelings. Um, and then thereafter, um, basically Jim had established a, a really good national syndication network. So this is, I don't know, are you, are you familiar with syndication, how that used to work in the States? <clears throat> vaguely it might be worth recapping for so, so basically so i think you've covered um, you covered this at the, i think it went right at the start of the sort of when you started doing the pod and that's what i mean like i always remember you talking about what well, was going to go to uwf and started touching upon it i think you i think i always remember you say, sort of saying you'll talk about it more when it happens so well here we, the go, time it's here we go right now <laughs> so so the thing that and, and terry and phil could explain this a lot better than i and than i could do um but basically in america uh, now to an extent but probably more so back then it wasn't like our tv channel situation when we were growing up so you had channel one two three four four and then five when we were a bit a little bit older um, and all pretty much apart from maybe regional news occasionally would be different times pretty much everything was the same time on bbc one itv etc that wasn't the way it was so like the nbc affiliate in um, New Orleans, say for example, would have different programs on it during the day than the New Orleans, than the NBC affiliate in New York and Los Angeles and etc. So you have all these little local localized television stations. So UW, UWF or Mid South, as it was, wouldn't be on everywhere at eleven o'clock on a Saturday morning. Some place it'd be eleven o'clock. New Orleans, the tapes that we get is like ten thirty-five on a Saturday night prime time. Um, or not. Right. Um, so, and that's the way it is. So basically the way that this syndication network would work is that Jim Ross would li- pretty much sell the physical tapes of the of these these television shows and that, and the little local stations would air them whenever they sort of saw fit. And there would usually be a barter arrangement for advertising. So whatever advertising was bought during the body of those shows was split 50-50 between the rest of promotion and um the television station but actually around this time quite a lot of the companies wwf included had to pay the local stations to be on with their with their wwf superstars and stuff whereas obviously now um in this day and age they're getting huge money for their content so it's very very different then and that's why you hear sort of talking talk about um just in the southern states and some of the places that that mid-south would be on sort of television ratings of you know, 2 million people watching this every week. But what now, obviously, you know, that's that's double what AEW does most weeks. But, you know, it's, it's, a, yeah. it's a completely different television landscape. Um, so basically, Bill goes on to say that um, they replaced Mid-South Wrestling with the Universal Wrestling Federation. They were trying to do what Vince McMahon had done two years early, earlier. Uh, and Jim made deals with stations and changed the way that they arranged their contracts with them. Um, and they talked about the barter system and how they used the barter system. Uh, and they got to keep seven or eight minutes of the time to pl- time within the body of the show to plug local, in- local interviews in their house shows. Um, and basically, Jim tr- Jim wants to try a new way of doing it. And he and Bill had talked about basically an experimental per inquiry system where UWF got to keep some commercial time to sell, which became a moneymaker for the company. And they talk about moving the operations to Dallas as well at that point. Um, so that's it. That's 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 the UWF. So, so we're, we're here. Um, I don't mind the name. This is probably a slightly odd comment. I think the initials sound better than Universal Wrestling Federation because for some reason, UWF is yeah. less like <laughs> WWF than the Agreed. Universal Wrestling Federation is. Why is that? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I agree, though. I think yeah. UWF works really, yeah, actually, not really well. I quite like it. Mm. Um, I do, but it well, is interesting, like you say. It is very. It is fairly close to WWF. You know, if you same with 
same with like you know you got WWE. I don't know. There's something about AEW always, but the E bit always just gets me. Like I don't know. It's like quite a strong link. Yeah. Not yeah. that it stands for the doesn't stand stand for the same word. Like in UWF, this the W and F stand for the same thing. Um, but in AEW, the E doesn't mean entertainment, or you know, as per Jericho this week, who knows? But the um, yeah, it, it, there's there's just that link there. But then I guess yeah, at the end of the day, World Wrestling Federation, he's using you know, you've got the W in there. You've got to have wrestling in there anyway, right? Well, <laughs> it, it, I it think it's interesting that yeah, it. Well, I was gonna say it is interesting that they all. That that back then federation like when you think about it why did that like have to be why did it have to be federation like There's you don't get that in many with, other no it's FIFA no, no. It's, it's FIFA federation that's about the only yeah, one I can think but, of yeah yeah but yeah it's weird that like days like you don't know <clears> it's got to be wrestling federation it can't be wrestling anything else. it's got to be a federation yeah it's weird like, what's <laughs> what's closer what's a closer rip off uh, UWF to WWF or uh, Monday Nitro to Monday Night Raw. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, the Nitro is... <laughs> that, that's nuts, isn't it, really? It is a bit when you really <laughs> think about it. Monday Night Nitro, Monday Night Nitro. Yeah. So we're back in the myriad of this television taping, and Ross talks about what we had in store, including the $1 million tag team tournament in the Superdome, the Crockett Cup. And Joel said that while the UWF may be a new name, the action that people have got used to is not going to change. Joel said that Bill had travelled to Charlotte for a press conference and we cut to a close-up shot on the trophy and then a photo of Jim Crockett Sr. And in the background, a voiceover talked about the tradition of excellence in the NWA and the announcement of the Superdome for the venue for this event with many other cities allegedly having bid. Interestingly, um, uh, Jim Crockett Jr. and Bill Watts really didn't like each other at all. And obviously they're the two main promoters of this. So the, the promoter of the kind of key and only real remaining NWA stronghold. Um, we then got a shot of, I can still feel my voice is very like, I don't know if this is coming off, but I'm like very, very, the listeners are going to enjoy it. It's very phlegmy in the, in the throat box, uh, voice box nice. department. Yeah, nice. very nice. Um, <clears throat> we then got a shot of James F. Oshust. Os- <laughs> I don't know if I've done a good job of that. Who they called the chairman, <laughs> chairman site location. I had oosht. I had oosht. Oh, oosht. Okay, that's probably more like it. Um, and he was standing yeah. behind a, a, a basically stand with microphones on it. The nice first annual Jim Crockett Senior Memorial Cup banner in the background. He announced David, Jackie, and Francis Crockett, along with James Junior. Mrs. James Crockett Senior was then shown from another location, sporting a lovely pearl necklace. She was. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote these notes a while ago, so I've forgotten that I'd written that down. Um, she said that she was very honoured to have this tag tournament named after their family, and she wishes the event to be a big success. She said she looked forward to possibly having the next year's event in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, we then got Bob Johnson, the executive vice president of the Superdome, and in case you didn't know what stadium he was representing, there was a huge black and white photo of said dome in the background. He talks about the Superdome having hosted Super Bowls and various other big events in the driest manner anyone has ever said anything. Back to James F. How do you pronounce it? Oost. <clears throat> uh, uh, well, that's how I went for Oost. 
Oost. Back to James Evans. Oost. Oost. <laughs> and he introduced Robert yeah. Garner. I still can't get over that pearl necklace, actually. I need to pull myself together. Um, who said there would be 24 <laughs> tag teams in two rounds competition. The first round in the afternoon of the 19th of April and the final round in the evening on the same day. We got phone numbers for people wanting tickets in and out of Louisiana. The NWA have passed over the seeding process to Pro Wrestling Illustrated and up popped Bill Actor with a phenomenal comb over. And he announced the top 10 seeds, which I did start typing out. And then I thought, I'm not going to be a mug here. I'm just going to take a screenshot of uh, the YouTube version. So that's a thrilling look behind the curtain for you as my mobile phone goes off. I'm not going to answer. And the top 10 seeds were the Road Warriors, Dusty Rhodes and Magnum TA, Midnight Express, Rick, Fla- Rick Flair and Arn Anderson, Rick Martel and Dino Bravo, The Rock and Roll Express, Tiger Mask and Giant Bubba, Ivan and Nikita Koloff, the, the Kiwi Sheep Herders, they were called here, and Ted DiBiase and Steve Williams. And this got a golf clap type response from those in attendance. Um, shall we, we talk to off air? Do you want to ask your question at this point about these seeds? Well, let me just get on to the, get me get to that. So first and foremost, <clears throat> one thing that uh, if I go right back to the start here, when the credits hit, did you like the bit where it said Bill Watts presents like yes, a very, I did like it. Yeah. very nice little cliche. <laughs> and then it obviously used the old theme music but with new images, which also noticed some of the images had women, like as in women wrestling in which uh, the sign of the times. Yes. Um, they haven't had and much women wrestling on the show, but I'm, I no. guess, yeah. Um, and then, obviously, there's, as you said, it cut to Jim and Joel in a very much like a pay-per-view early WrestleMania commentary position. Yes. Sort of out with the fans high up. Um, sort of gave it a real big, big event feel. Um, I did then find it amusing because they said, we're going to cut to a press conference with Bill Watts. And then it stuck on the picture of the trophy like it was a talking trophy for about a good minute. <laughs> um, so then you then find out that that's not Bill talking. It's Mr. Oost. Oost. Um, Oost. It wasn't, so it wasn't even him anyway. Um, yeah, I did, I did, I did pick up on the bit where the city's bid it like a, like the Olympic build up. Um, you know, this, this city has won the thing. Then like you say, I think you just worded it there. Allegedly. Uh, I, I, I just went for who, which other cities. Um, then obviously, you know what, fun, Mrs. Enough, Crockett was Dan, obviously um, when they announced when they announced where um, WrestleMania three was at the Pontiac Silverdome. There's a bit where Gene Oakland yeah. is talking about after receiving bids from many other stadiums around the world, including Wembley Stadium in London. It's like that definitely didn't happen. All you've done there is you thought of the famous. <laughs> I think it was like Wembley Stadium in London and that yeah. Azteca Stadium in Mexico City. It's like that did not happen. That it's just picked two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, also thought it was funny that it's the first ever one and Mrs. Crockett's main comment is hopefully it's in North Carolina next year. As in like, <laughs> she's already di- she's already disappointed with the selection panel. Um, oh, she's who, like, I don't want to have to travel to New Orleans, but yeah, yeah. there we go. And it's just, it's just, and it's just, you know, of all the cities that bid, it's just, God, what a stroke of luck that the city <laughs> that won is where it's already recorded. Like, oh, it's just... Just coincidence, I sh- I'm sure. Um, as you said, all the Crockett's were there. I, little things that made me laugh were that I don't know if you noticed, but the conference, the conference was taking place at the the, the Ramada Inn. Oh, was it? No. no. <laughs> and in downtown Charlotte, and also for those of you who watched The Office, when uh, uh, David Friend quite famously says, 
that you can fax him. He'll pick up. He'll pick the fax up at the Ramada in Reading. Um, <laughs> I just picture the Ramada in in downtown Charlotte is is not is not is not uh is not as glamorous. Um, oh, I think the Ramada in Charlotte—it's probably more glamorous than the Ramada in Reading now. The Ramada in Reading, yeah, yeah. yeah. I must admit, but how how they filmed it at the start as well look made it look like a press conference. As in, if the camera panned out, you'd see rows of journalists. Oh, but then when Bill, com- this. yeah, yeah, yeah. But when Bill comes on, it's just like they're having a. I've just got like it looks like more having like a team meeting, like when you're <laughs> at work and they're like, right, everyone, get in there. Um, it's anyway, an L-shaped to, uh, tables, isn't it? Basically, yeah, around, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but in regards to the teams, obviously, twenty-four teams. But my first thought was, is there enough? Um, however, have it, once I saw the ten teams, I see that these are tag teams from across the board. If you know yes. what I mean, they're, they're not necessarily mid-south tag teams. So therefore, you've got enough twenty-four. Secondly, I just thought. So they've let Pro Wrestling Illustrated pick it. I mean, can you imagine the outcry now <laughs> if they allowed Pro Wrestling Illustrated or Dave, Uncle Dave, pick oh, the top that'd 10 That would be the worst. Could you imagine if it was the Uncle outcry? Dave, Twitter would break. I oh, think. It would be incredible. Just, oh, the Dave Meltzer um, Tag Team Cup. I hope, yeah, perhaps that's something for the future. Uh, um, but I must admit, I took a screenshot of that 10. What a, what a 10 tag teams yeah. that was. It's very star-studded. Absolutely brilliant. Um, but it then got me thinking in the Uncle Dave, you say about the Uncle Dave top 10, what's the Uncle Steve? What would be your 2022? Uh, you've had the phone call, the Crockett Cup, which, as I understand, is actually back, but it's being run in NWA. Yes. Um, yeah. However, I'm sure you might mention it later, but let's say they go, right, we're doing a Crockett Cup, but it is a, it's an open invitation. You don't... You know, everyone's let the, the the what's it called? The forbidden door is well and truly open across the world. So, um, who are your ten? So I've I've gone for nine nine established tag teams, and I've gone for one right. one kind of because I I think I would say Dusty Rhodes and Magnum TA uh, are not really a tag team, and I think that Nora Tiger Mask and Giant Bubba they're like all star team or two all star teams yeah. if you like. So I've okay. got one all-star team and nine established tag teams. So I've gone Young Bucks, FTR, yeah. Jungle Boy and yeah. Luchasaurus, Lucha yeah. Brothers, Red Dragon. Yeah. Got one from WWE. I got the Usos. I was I was going back and forth between them and RK Bro. Uh, I quite like Riddle and Orton yeah. as well. Uh, I've got Dangerous Techers from um, New Japan, Zack yeah. Sabre Jr. and Taichi. I've got Santana and Ortiz. I've got Ozzy. Okay. Aussie Open. Yep, I've got them. And I've got my all-star tag team, the Golden Lovers. Uh, is that Okada and Omega? Uh, no, that is uh, Omega and Kota Ibushi. Oh, Ibushi, Ibushi, yeah. Ibushi, sorry. Interesting, interesting. So I, I was very <laughs> similar. So I, went, so I was very conscious about AEW bias in mine. And I also was trying to do, trying to, I also noticed when they done their 10, if there was sort of someone from different countries and stuff, they made it like, I don't know if you know, it's like for like the sheep herders, they put like from New Zealand. Yeah. They put Eastern you know Block. I mean? they tried, so Eastern Block, yeah. Off, yeah. So I went Young Bucks, FTR, Lucha Brothers. I had Red Dragon, but I took them out because I didn't want to be too over the top. Jurassic Express. Then I had done the two WWF, so I had done RK Bro and the Usos. Okay, I think that's, that's a fair shout, I'd say. 
Um, uh, to be honest, you probably would pick that and one less AEW team to mix it up, I think. Because yeah. yeah, yeah. Dangerous Techers, Aussie Open. Then I went with I went with the Briscoes. Ah, oh, interesting. Okay. That would be a good pick. I just, I, think. I just hear so much about them. Um and then finally I was see, I went down the route of going, right, well, in that case, like I need to I want this to be a bit more of a how can I word this? Like uh, every promotion in. Yes. Yeah. Every episode in top 10. And so I went to Impact. And I understand when I had a look at their sort of list and stuff, I'm just trying to get it out. I've my, 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 my notes, because again, I don't know them well enough. Um, they had the, the Impact Tag Champions. Then I don't think they're existing ones. Because because the because the the Briscoes are Ring of Honor, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they uh, are. Oh, the good. Oh, so then I thought you might have to like I might like probably have to put the good brother. Oh no, that's a lie. I thought I'd have to put the good brothers in. I was like, I really don't do that. <laughs> However, I changed that and I would put in Motor City Machine Guns. Oh, okay, okay. That's Alex Shelley and who? Chris Sabin. Chris Sabin. Yes, yeah. that's Sabin. a very good pick. Yeah, maybe very good. I'd yeah. have them in there. Yeah, yeah, motor seat machine guns. So, yeah, so a very when 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 uh, we tweet this episode out, I might put, I'll put that my ten up there. It's a yeah, we should, but yeah, it should be. yeah. Will that I, be from your account? Thought it was quite from, interesting. Uh, will that be from the special account? Well, I don't know. I might get my. <laughs> I might see who. I, I might see. I might see. I might ask my mate who's who. I don't know if you know. It was the year. He was a year old yesterday. Um, oh, was he? I didn't know. So that. he's celebrating his Twitter <laughs> anniversary. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we shall see. We shall see. He'll post it. But he's just a, he's just your number one fan. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So that that was the first thought. But look, it, number one, it's interesting. I think you know we agree on mo- most of them, which I find quite interesting. Um, which sort of makes sense. But secondly, you just you just wonder what would they what would what would Pro Wrestling Illustrated do now? What would Uncle Dave do now? It is yeah. really I find I find any top ten list interesting. I I think when when it's with singles, so like the like you know when they do the top hundred wrestlers of the year when it's the men's singles, um, there's a lot of them that you know are quite cliche, and I think they go off of how many belts have you won in a year, how many five-star matches with tag teams is a bit different because some tag teams will have a busy schedule and they're not so yeah. busy you know if you're not focused because, on that during that year if, yeah if jurassic express weren't the champions you know like, I, do i think that'd be in most people's top 10 yeah but if they weren't the champions they might not be in this many yeah. people because people might be like well i don't need to include them and actually do i think they're better than you know Red Dragon, for example. So I, I just find the tag teams is a bit more, I think, a bit more up for debate, which I think is why it would cause all sorts of bedlam. Yeah. And like you say, you'd have to be, there'd be a lot of, you know, I was looking at it thinking, well, would I put in Moxley and Daniel Bryan in there? Oh, only had that... two matches, but do I think do I think that they would, do I think as a two, they're going to be one of the do best tag teams? you know what? Yeah, probably. I have to put them in if I take out probably. That's what I mean. Maybe Santana and Ortiz. <laughs> yeah, see? You have to like, put, you have just, to put so in much... Yeah. I think it's a great, the tag one is just a great day. I spent eight, I was so like ages thinking about my commute. Like, I'll tell you what, if you did, a, if you did 16 straight knockout, you could have an incredible 16 team tag team. You could, couldn't you? Yeah. You really could. Yeah. yeah. You really could. Um, back to this tag team uh, competition. So Bill Watts got on the mic and he talked about starting the tradition of wrestling in the Superdome and how proud he was of being able to put in a bid to get this tournament in their region. He talked about history being made 
this cup, the $1 million and all of the top tag teams in the world and something people cannot miss. He said he always had a dream that the Superdome would be the site of the NWA World's title changing hands. And he said he's put something together so that Ric Flair will drop out of the tournament to defend his title against the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. Watts told Apter that he knows that he that this may cause some difficulties, but Apter was straight there with an answer to say that Magnum had chosen Ronnie Garvin to replace him. I'm not sure how that decision was made quite so quickly unless Apter had some sort of mind-reading capabilities at this point. Um, and Arn Anderson will team with Tully Blanchard, and their seedings will not change. Watts also said they would have a surprise main event at the afternoon session, and it was $10 first come, first serve for the afternoon. And Watts stressed that ticket would not be good for the evening. You have to buy two tickets. Um, I, I, thought this- I must admit, I, I laughed at this bit because it felt to me like he might as well have just said, let's get the afternoon <clears throat> matches out of the way. Uh, they're a tenner. Get them out of the way, and then we'll do the evening. He, like, he wasn't really selling it. It was more like as in, We've got to have an afternoon session because we've got too many matches. Let's just get get rid of that. Uh, but do not think if you if you've paid me ten bucks, I'm going to let you anywhere near the evening <laughs> session. <laughs> um, it's true though, isn't it? It's like there's absolutely no way. That's how we done it. This. Yeah, really, really. <laughs> and also, I mean, I don't want to give too much away from um, from net from the the Crockett Cup review. But um, I don't think there was a surprise main event. And also, um, you because you got like partway through the second round and then he basically had to kick everybody out. So it wasn't like we just did the first round. It yeah. was like the first round and maybe two matches. So I'm like, you got to go now, see ya. Um, so I'm sure, I'm sure well, yeah. I guess, I do wonder though, you'd have been better off just keep just, I suppose some people probably, a lot of pe- a lot more people bought tickets to the evening. You'll not be surprised. Than the, the, than the afternoon session. But yeah. um, it must have been weird to stroll. I guess you probably get that at the darts and like the snooker and stuff where you've only got one, oh, one yeah, ticket you probably get one the session. Darts. You have to go out and then come back in again, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Fall down that, fall down that hill and then uh, come back up it again. Um, right, back to Joel and Ross. I've Just closing off on the press conference, I did think this was, as, as much as we kind of had a laugh along the way, I did think this did make this event feel like a big deal. And I, sus- I suspect if you were watching this at the time, this would have been big. The thing that I don't, un- I don't really understand is I wonder why, and perhaps they did, but they didn't, it didn't go anywhere. Why did they not make an attempt to put this on closed circuit and have this basically like kind of pay-per-view of the day where you could go to your local high school it, or it whatever? It felt like that. To- it felt like I was abso- I was absolutely gripped by this. Yeah, I was I was absolutely gripped. I was proper watching it. I I was I was fully. I mean, I when I looked at like a million dollars is two about two and a half million now. Mm. Um, like it's big. I mean, look, did, I mean, I've asked this question before. Do you think they actually get the money? Not a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes you think you could just say anything, couldn't you? Of course you could. Um, Hundred million dollar tag team tournament. And it is like. Like I, I think the tag team, like, as we've just discussed with the 2022, I'll sort of list there that the tag division now is probably as good as it's ever been. I mean, you would have had a spell during the Attitude Era where you had some like with Edge and Christian and stuff, but you didn't probably have the quantity no. as they've got now. Um, and then, and also, it just adds a real prestige to the tag to the tag team division in 1986, and you know, I, it actually got me looking in the end at the just the history of the tag team. I was going to ask you a couple of questions if you get these. All right, go which on. tag? Which, which which tag team? So this is for the WWF tag team championship. Yeah. Which tag team had the most reigns? 
Oh, is it? I, I get. Um, um, I'm thinking. Is this? Are, are we talking modern wrestling now? Is there a cutoff point here? WWF. So what? While the initials were WWF or that company overall? Starting with yeah. So like going from. Let's have a look. So I'm complicating the questions. Going from. No, it's all right. It's all right. He wants to. He wants to ensure he's full of everything before he gets it wrong, <laughs> which is fine. Um, so, so it used to be called nothing. Off. Used to be called the World Tag Team Championship. Did you know this? And then it what? changed into the WWF Tag Team well, Championship. Yeah, they they dropped using World and their t- World Title and their and their tag team yeah. for some reason. So the belt was established in 1971, and in theory, it was in, retired in 2010. Hmm. Um, but but then that's when it went to Raw and SmackDown. Oh, I see. Okay, so up to twenty ten. Um... Yeah, but actually, to be honest, I've looked at the Raw and SmackDown belt to see if if anyone's had more reigns than this team, and no one had. Really? So I think there's probably someone obvious that I can't. I just can't think of. Um, Joe, I, 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 it's not demolition. I think they were probably maybe two or three. Um, it's not Heart Foundation. They were two. I don't know. Go on, give it, give it to me. I don't know. With eight reigns, the Dudley Boys. Oh yeah, okay. So they're kind of not they're like not original era, but kind of middle era, aren't they? I suppose. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. And, yeah. then, and then and then there was and then Edge had twelve reigns, but not always with Edge and Christian. So you know he did, I mean? so I had just, one with Hulk Hogan as well, didn't it? Maybe Randy yeah, so Orton. Yeah, yeah. So Edge just held it 12, 12 different yeah. times. And then what I thought was quite interesting is. The Valiant Brothers and Demolition were the only two tag teams to hold it for over 365 days. Okay. And the thing that I thought was quite interesting, and I don't know whether this was this would have been deliberate by the company or not, but you know, sometimes you see little things, you go, oh, that's interesting though. Demolition held it for 478 days. Okay. Wow. And I was like, wow. So then when I had a look, the New Day held their one for 483. So what was Demolition again? Sorry, 400 478. Oh, so they so, just beat them. But to me, yeah. yeah, but to me, there's I wonder if there's any like if they after a while they went, should we make sure that they're the longest ever holders? Do you see what I mean? I think probably, it's probably so, yeah. because it's so because it's so close. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If it was miles clear, it makes you think, oh, they'd forgot about that that award or that record. But that is what's that, five days difference? When it gets to that amount of days, that's pretty mad that it's gone within five days. I think they probably uh, did do that, actually. So, yeah, we've got a rare appearance yeah. on the podcast from Finn the Cat here, which is, uh, which is nice, here Finn. We there we go. Um, what was the other question on the tag team, sorry? No, that was it. That was it. That I was just it. was going through them, like, just a few stats, <clears> there, <throat> just to sort of allude to the... Try and give the tag teams a little bit of focus as, 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 Bill, as Bill and the UWF have decided to, and the Crockett's. Yeah. Absolutely. So Joel and Joel Watts and Jim Ross were at the desk and Ross said this event was going to make history and it was an exciting time for professional wrestling. Joel then had a really grating transition to the situation with Dick Slater and the missing TV title medallion. 
So up next, Joel talks about the earlier press conference with Dick Slater talking about the TV title. Um, there were no press at this press conference other than Ross himself. Slater said he didn't want to be that close to Ross as he represented Mid-South. He said that people told him he couldn't win both titles, but he did. He got rid of the other titles. It was cheap. And he's gone away and commissioned a beautiful new title belt with a new Universal Wrestling Federation name. Slater said they didn't want him to have both belts and Mid-South has cost him a lot of money. He's going, as such, he's going to let Buzz Sawyer have the TV title and he's going to defend it on TV. Buzz looked thrilled with this and said he would defend it against any man that walks the face of the earth. Slater said that Dark Journey wanted a new dress, but he spent the money on this title anyway. Um, I really dislike belts being treated in this way um, as it really just devalues it. And also with the head booker putting himself into a situation to have both titles and then not coming up with a way, a creative way to lose one, it's not ideal for me. Uh, what did you think of this segment? So first of all, it's, obviously, as you say, it wasn't like a press conference. It looked to me like it was in a pub, yeah, like was. a pub table, you know, like the small round pub tables you get with the little stools around them. Yes. Like four little stools around a pub table. And then you got like, and it's like a some sort of end of the night um, lock-in because you've got a bloke in a suit a woman in a revealing dress a bloke that's overdressed and then one bloke with no top on <laughs> look like just like a, just the end of the night somewhere they're like how have us four ended up together I don't know but who wants <laughs> who wants another beer who wants another beer um, and yeah I just thought it was <laughs> the bit where he was saying about uh, we haven't got didn't have time for an attorney uh, oh yeah, it, yeah. we haven't got time to, Getting a get, get an attorney. What made me laugh about that is we've discussed it before. Bill, Bill, with his like the logistics, loves explaining it like, like, just explaining like oh, we haven't had time to get an attorney. Like, like in the, like the viewers would be going, well, that wouldn't happen because you'd have an attorney there. <laughs> like, I, I just he loves explaining the logistics of it of it. Um, which is great. Oh, I just think it's great the actual detail. Um, yeah, the belt. Like, I, I don't. I'm not into them. Like. You, if your belt, you defend it. You don't give yeah. it away. It's not that like, there was a, this, I think, saying AEW recently is this sort of there was originally that threat that Wardlow would win the belt and MJF would take it, and it's seemingly not going to happen now. But when it was, I thought that that was going to happen. Mm. Uh, just and I know it's happened. That storyline's happened a few times in WWF as well, hasn't it? Where well, they usually they usually give it away. Yeah, they usually strip it. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it was. Yeah, I, I just don't like the concept of, of of giving giving stuff away. It just completely devalues the, the the title, doesn't it? No, I completely agree. Next up, we got more Dick Slater because, of course, that is what this show needs. He was in ring with Bill Watts and Dark Journey, and he talked about the TV title being given over and how Buzz Sawyer had to defend it on that night. What said they hadn't had time to go to a lawyer to get a proper contract. So they produced a handwritten one and everyone was ultimately bound by whatever was ruled there. Um, unfortunately, the matchmaker was lurking in the background. Um, Slater signed the contract for Sawyer and said he wasn't worried about reading the contract as he thought Watts was a man of his word, which is an odd comment from a heel. Watts checked that Slater didn't want to add anything to the contract. Uh, and then we went to break. And back from break, what stated again that Slater had completed the contract and the contract was bla blank. Was it blank? But it did say title. I, I don't know what I meant by my notes there. Hopefully I'll explain it in the next bit. 
inexplicably, Watt said he had changed the contract to say North American title. I think he was blank. Yeah, this was right. Yeah, he it changed, was, yeah. It was blank. It was blank. Yeah. yeah. He changed the contract to say North American title. And he also put in there that Dick Slater is a champion, but Buzz will defend the title. And the challenger will be Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And it'll be one fall or television time remaining. And normal championship rules will prevail. And I thought, what an absolute nonsense here. Um, Slater came out and said, Watts had ripped him off which he absolutely has done. Watts told him he wouldn't be at ringside and he asked the matchmaker to get some local police officers to escort him to the dressing room. And then some of those were shown on the outside of the ring and one of them looked to be about seven years old. Um, Ross cut to the break prior to, cut to break again prior to the match and they showed the contract on screen. Whoever wrote it, I thought had excellent handwriting. What did you make of this, this mess? Right. So that's the bit where I was talking about with the attorney. Yeah, he didn't have time. So obviously that's what I meant about. Um, And yes, it was a bit annoying that the matchmaker was lurking around. Um, I must admit, thing is though, not only did he say, he did say he didn't have time for an attorney, which men shouldn't have have got one. He got stitched up. Bill changed the the contract, tut, tut. And he he justified it with my word is as good as yours. I.e., I have gone on my word because I've based it on your word and your word's no good. So therefore yeah. my word doesn't have to be any good. So gone a bit, yeah, a bit, a bit pedantic there. Bit Bill, rogue, I think. I'm, not I think. Sure, I'm not sure if an argument with a, with another half, um, if you try to get technical technicality, like, well, actually you thought that. And I, so therefore I thought that, but you did that. No, I don't, I think, I think that's why we need an attorney. To yeah. be honest. I think that's the exact <laughs> reason. Um, Bill did use a line where he said, you are not going to run mid South. Boom. Drop Mike. What a quote. Put it on a t-shirt, Bill. <laughs> he's laying the law. Yes. He, he's not like, he's, you know, he's the man. I run this show. If this is what I want, I get it. Yeah. Um, so I actually looked at it like that, to be honest, as in it was Bill being like, yeah, okay. I have gone against what I said, but I'm going against, I'm like, I'm, I'm sort of doing you in here. Like, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm the boss. Um, so I actually didn't mind it. I okay. actually didn't mind it. I just, I just, well, we know, I know where we're going to and we'll explain, we'll explain this in the next bit. Um, so basically, <clears throat> I skipped most of the local promos in, in the break because they were, they were similar to last week. Um, basically, back in, in, on the show, um, there was a big ball to start off with between Sawyer and Duggan and Sawyer took a phenomenal bump through the middle rope. And the crowd was into this big time, um, even with the annoying stipulation and Duggan was in complete control early on. The tide switched at two minutes and 30 seconds as Duggan went for a dive and missed and he crashed to the outside as Ross put over how injured his taped ribs were. Sawyer missed a top rope splash in four minutes, which I think would have been a DQ. Um, though I believe the rule changed around this time. Um, and then got hit with a Duggan spear in four minutes and 28 seconds. And we have a new North American champion to the delight of this crowd. And this was Duggan's first ever North American title. Um, and it's just a pity it couldn't happen with him beating the actual champion. Um, exciting match nonetheless. What did you think of this Duggan versus Slater match? Yeah, so sorry on the on the on the local panels. <clears throat> I see Jim Co- Jim Cornette's back. So I was, uh, mm. I so uh, my actual overriding thing was I don't know how many minutes we were into the episode here, but quite a lot. We'd seen no wrestling, um, which ordinarily I would have been fuming, uh, but I was buzzing. I was I I'd, I'd, I'd really enjoyed it so far. I'd had the press conference, the Dick Slate. I'd even enjoyed these Dick Slater things. Yes. So I'm like, okay, but certainly agree agree what's happening, but. I would ordinarily be, it flew by with no wrestling. Yeah, really um, good. And then, and then we get into the first match. Um, 
And yeah, I mean, Duggan just makes me laugh. He's just a walking injury, isn't he? Still like strapped up again from the other week. Like the guy's just in, like he's in bandages every week, isn't he? <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I mean, I, I said I, I've, 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 I've said before about um, Duggan and things like that, and like that when it, when we've done early podcasts about WWF shows and stuff, I've always hated on him. What a joke act! Uh, I thought it's pathetic. I'm watching this cheering him on I'll get yeah. well into it I was like come on you can you can do this Jim you can do this Jim um like he was like Jay I even said the place is going crazy I was thinking I'm going I'm going crazy I'm going I'm um then it's like it's support to you I mean I'm glad he won because if he hadn't have won I'd have been fuming at the fact that he moved to avoid the move off the top rope yes because I was like well just stay still um, in the Crockett Cups, this is the thing I didn't really understand about this. They that you could jump off the top rope in that, so I didn't really understand. Right. Um, I th- I they think, said a disqualification would have cost him the title, didn't they? Yeah. So, so I think actually they've they've uh, at some point in the next couple of weeks they've um, they've they've changed that rule basically. Right. Okay. So yeah, I was glad he. In essence, why I was still getting annoyed about that, then I just put, who cares? We've got a new champion. Um, yeah. So yeah, I was I was I was happy for him. Like you say, it's a shame it wasn't against the champion, but whatever. Yeah, they're going to go with that storyline. I'm glad that he benefits from it. And not not a bad thing to put on your first sort of new new era television show either, really, in terms of the, the popular babyface winning the title. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Next up, we had the Sheep Herders challenging Ted DiBiase and Dr. Death Steve Williams to the tag team titles, with the champions coming out to Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA, which was a nice touch. And DiBiase had a huge flag um, and looked resplendent in his baby face white trunks. Um, Ross explained this was still for the Mid-South tag team titles. They hadn't had a chance to have new belts made as of yet. And Jack Victory was on the outside along with the Sheep Herders holding onto the New Zealand flag. Um, this took an absolute age to start with Victory taking his time to roll up the flag with great, great care. And Joel talks about both of these teams having been entered into the upcoming Crockett Cup. Um, this one went through a commercial break and with the invested crowd was several notches up from the other sheep herders' appearances so far. And Butch managed to kick out of a Williams charge at six minutes. At 6.50, all four men brawled in the ring until the ref forced Williams out. DiBiase got the figure four leg lock on Butch, but Luke dropped a flagpole over his throat from the top rope and Butch made the cover to win the titles in seven minutes and 28 seconds. Um, this was fine, but I'm not sure why on this debut show they didn't save the big baby face title victory until the end rather than doing it this way around. Um, what did you think about the yeah. Sheep Herders versus DiBiase and Williams here? Yeah, so, so, so sorry, so what was the reason for Jack victory? He's just like their, their pal, basically, I think. Right. Okay. So he's, right. Okay. Um, yeah. So the patriotism for born in the USA was just through the roof, right? It's just, yeah. It's so it reminded me back, you know, the earlier episodes when probably what eighty four, early eighty five, where they were doing the whole different angles with like the Russians and stuff. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Bushwhackers. Now, when I said about Duggan and how WWE, I always thought he was a bit of a joke in that, but I respect him in this. Bushwhackers, I thought we were joking WWF, and to be honest, watching them here, I think they have definitely personality over ability. Yes, um, I don't think they're any good, are they? Uh, I was quite. I really don't like their promos at all, and I talk about that more um, probably next week. Um, but I, I dislike their promos with qu- quite an intense hatred, really. 
Yeah, I did. I did quite like Joel did say one of the best ever sentences with the sometimes I wonder how the sheep herders talk. If they are sometimes I wonder when the sheep herders talk, if they are playing with a full deck. <laughs> Perhaps he needs to go to sensitivity training as well, maybe. I, I quite enjoyed that. Um, that. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was quite a good. I thought it was a, a great heel win. How how the how it how it was done, if that makes sense. How how it ended, it it it, it flowed quite well. But you with DBS in Doctor Death, you're dealing with two elite wrestlers here that can sell whatever needs to be sold. Um, I did I did I did laugh a little bit. They make a comment about that teams are coming four, four to five days early to acclimatize for the Crockett Cup. How, um, how how early was it? Sorry, I didn't catch that. Four, four to five days early to acclimatize for the Crockett Cup. We're in, it's in New Orleans, not the Arctic. This isn't or this isn't like Russia. This isn't Rocky Four. Uh, it's not. Like, it's not it. altitude or something like Mexico City, and they're, they're, they're fighting five miles. I don't see why they need to get there four to five days to acclimatize. I, I've not been to New Orleans, but I don't. You know, you know, fair play but to Terry if, he's, if the, he's able to if he's able to survive out there because it sounds treacherous. Th- their acclimatization is going going and getting on it. I think I talk about this in the next week's episode about Jim Ross is getting there really early. It's just uh, absolute yeah. party city, so they're all going there early because oh, they're, they're all going to be off their nuts yeah. for the next two weeks, basically. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I I quite like the ending. Um, but I, I looked at the bushwhackers and I was very much like. Uh, I'll happily see a list of these. And it actually made me con- think mm, that's probably earlier on when I was praising the top 10. I actually thought, mm, I'm not really sure whether you deserve your place in there, but there we go. Yeah, indeed. It's um, basically they had to get the title off Dibiossi here because he's going back to all Japan for, for some time. So it's kind of one of those things where this had to be sort of shoehorned in. And I suppose they did it on TV for a reason. Um, Coco Beware versus Mike Scott up next. And Ross said they would give us an update on the condition of Ted DiBiase as soon as they could. And as I mentioned, he was off towards Japan for another tour. Coco won this in 33 seconds with his drop kick, which he managed to land without permanently injuring his opponent this time. Um, anything to add on this short match? No, not really at all. Um, <clears throat> Coco is maybe one of the worst household names of a character so i think i've said before when you've got you know jake the snake if you ask people do you watch wrestling no do you know who jake the snake is yes yeah. do you know how hogan is yes coco beware not a full-on yes but i think a lot of people might know who he yeah, is oh, yeah. the old yeah. generation yeah. yeah he's awful <laughs> he's, he's awful isn't he? <laughs> i don't i the don't crowd, i think he's all right actually but there we go the, the, the crowd love him i think he's dreadful i didn't think you liked him for some reason <laughs> i thought he's all right um, he's all right yeah we we're talking about him on the wrestlemania 18 uh podcast actually about about him um, uh, really? I, I think he's all right yeah i think he's okay yeah i thought his middle rope drop kick was pretty good it's probably the best i've seen him yeah in this match but it's also therefore it's the best i've seen him it's a match i have no comments on no, but that's fine. It's what, his best performance I've seen him. <laughs> what can you really say in 30, about 33 seconds, basically? Exactly. Um, Chava Guerrero versus Taurus Bulba, um, who was along with Eddie Gilbert to close the show. Chava hit a monkey flip, which Joel called a stomach throw. Um, Chavo won a really, really good match in one minute and 16 seconds, about as good as a one minute, 16 second match could be with an overhead belly to back suplex. Um, albeit the finish looked a little messed up as Taurus appeared to kick out. Um, final match here. 
I seem to have been very complimentary about yeah. this, but I have no memory of it. So no, 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 no. I, I put it's a shame it ended so so soon. Had the I put it had the potential for a good match. Oh, okay, great. and what I saw great. was good, and you can tell Chavo's a Guerrero the yes. style so like clear. Um, yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame. I I I made a note that I, I wasn't quite sure what happened at the end there. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, you, you, your notes are right. It was it was for 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 as as minute minute or sub two minute matches go this was all right this is good right that's it yeah. what are your final thoughts on the march 23rd 1986 episode of the universal wrestling federation well firstly most jury of the show was no wrestling and yet i loved it the press conference i'd recommend to be honest i think if you've been listening to this podcast you need to watch this episode i yes. mean it's a fundamental change you know it's the wrestling content is okay. I mean, the Duggan angle is pretty big, I guess. The others are all right. Um, it ends with a uh, the Blade Runners are here next week, and I might did I see a young Sting there? You certainly did, yes, yeah. So, it even ended with a little bit. I don't know if you've covered that in weeks, previous weeks that I haven't aired or whatever, but uh, we've had we've had, we've been had in the, yeah, we've had the debut of them now, yes, yeah. Right, okay. So I haven't. I, I don't think I've seen about. So I was. I was a bit excited. Who's he? Who's his Sting and who? Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, that's what I thought. Right. Yeah, yeah. I didn't write that because I didn't want to sort of go. Okay, great. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I liked it. I enjoyed the episode. It was an easy watch. Really, really easy. Flew by actually. Um. To the point that like, I was getting annoyed. I was having to make notes because I was just enjoying it. Yeah, uh, that's true. I, I think this is this is one of the the better kind of um better shows for a while actually and it's a good way to very newsworthy in terms of kicking off um that you know the, the new era if you like you know i did have a bit of an issue with the with the booking around the main title um, but they did a great job pushing the upcoming crockett cup um so yeah, yeah. i think this is pretty decent actually yeah, yeah agreed. Dan, daniel you'll agreed. be back with me and also mark and Stuart. Uh, what a week today for our WrestleMania roundtable yeah. review. It's going to sort out how we're going to how we're going to do that because we've got I think probably eight hours of wrestling to review, and that could, that could, that could be a four-hour podcast. So I think we might just stick to the kind of key headlines from the <laughs> WrestleMania. Otherwise, yeah, I think so. Till four a.m. But Dan, thank you very much for uh, being on the show as ever. No problem. Thank you all for listening, and we should speak to you all again very very soon. Yeah, this is Eric Watts, and for all you phenomenal wrestling fans and fans of this podcast, please do me a favor. If you're looking at uh, more information about Mid-South Sports, Power Pro Wrestling, Universal Wrestling, go to universalwrestling.com and check out that website. It's a must-see.